message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and bless the Lord. I'm grateful. If you're grateful in the house, just repeat that with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you. How many of you are glad to be in the house today? Put your hands up. Praise God. Amen. And so, our Father, we want to thank you. We bless your holy name. As we go into the word of God, we thank you for opening our eyes to see and our ears to hear in the name of Jesus. We are not living here with the problems we came with because your power will dissolve them. We thank you for clarity, opening of our eyes to see and understand what we shall do, what we need to do in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Can you just go ahead and, you know, say hello to one or two people? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I realize that we've not been taking testimonies. Um, you know, I think we will try to sort that out. How many of you have some testimony of something God has done? You know, they are grateful for the song. You know, how many of you have something that you're grateful for the Lord has done? Praise God. I think we want to start, we'll try to adjust that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, amen. Oikea Christian Center Lekki is growing. Amen. In three months, we're going to have, a, we're going to have space problems. Hallelujah. I already see everywhere filled with people. Glory to God. They'll be telling us, ah, the regulations, COVID regulations. <laughs> it's going to happen by the power of God's spirit. Amen. Now, and before I go on, I just want you to know our camp meeting. We normally have a camp meeting every Easter. Hallelujah. It's called Charismatic Renewal Conference, CRC. All right. This year's edition is going to be over the olden April 1st to April 4th. April 1st, that's Thursday, to April 4th. All right, what we do during CRLC is that we basically just come together and hear the word of God for an extended period of time. All right, we have Holy Ghost meetings, different kinds of services, worship meetings. We are not in a hurry to go anywhere. All right, it's usually a time of transformation and impartation. Praise God. Praise God. Ah, praise God. Then also, one of our brethren, uh, we have a bread, um, a brethren that's getting married. Um, what, where's Albert? Albert and Yinka. Yeah. Okay, Yinka, is that not you? That's Yinka, right? All right, so I think it's um, this month, right? Next month, April, when is that? 10th, all right. 10th of April. All right, they are going to be getting married. So that's our first lucky wedding. Praise God. All right, Oikea Lekki Wedding is going to be holding. So let's get ready to attend. All right, we'll make sure you have all of those details and um, you can ensure you are present. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, <laughs> Look at someone and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it like a minute. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have authority in the name of Jesus. To exercise dominion over all the power of darkness. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about, we're looking at the subject titled Scepter. And Scepter is talking about the authority of the believer. Now, it's, it's important as believers to understand the weight of what we have been given in Christ Jesus. The believer is not ordinary, common, or natural. The biggest mistake you can make is to think that you are common or natural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Hello, Shewa. Hello, Gift. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome back. Praise God. <laughs> and Sandy, hi. Nice to see you. Shade, hi. Nice to see you. Praise God. Now, it's very important for us to understand that we are not ordinary, common, or natural. To understand who we are in Christ, we need to first understand who Christ is. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. 
All right, in First John chapter 4, verse 17, we have clearly stated there, John the Beloved. How many of you know that John wrote the book of John, and in the book of John, he said that he was the disciple God loved the most? Hallelujah. Amen. Talk about personalizing something. It's like me writing a book, and you know, you know, it's like Moses that said, and Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. Moses wrote that. Hallelujah. Moses was the one that wrote it. They didn't write it, but Moses, Moses wrote that. Now look at 1 John 4, verse 17. What does he say? Quickly. He says what? Hearing is our love made what? Uh-huh. That we might have boldness, right? Now he says what? As, as he is, so are we in this world. So to understand your identity in Christ, you need to understand first of all who Christ is. You cannot define yourself by any parameter that is not based on Christ. You are who you are because Christ is who he is. You are who you are because Christ is who he is. So your definition and your identity must be drawn from Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, we have Paul the Apostle saying, he says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we open our eyes with unveiled faces, unlike Moses in the Old Testament, we behold the glory of the Lord in the mirror. Hallelujah. And he now tells us that we are changed into what we see. Now, guess what? When you look into the mirror, what do you see? Who do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see me when you look in the mirror? Come on. Do you see me when you look in the mirror? You see what? Yourself. Which means that when you look into the mirror of God's word, you are actually viewing who you are in the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we draw our identity, all right, from Christ. All right, who Christ is. So now, when we are, you know, I was looking for the title, all right, when I was preparing the sermon um, notes for 2021 in 2020, because most of these things we prepared it in 2020, all right, I was like, okay, I want to talk about the authority of a believer, and I was like, what is the best thing to use to communicate authority? And the Lord told me, scepter, praise God, not James Bond scepter or spectre, scepter, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, so when we say scepter, what do we mean? What does it represent? When you see scepter in the scripture, what does scepter in the scripture point to? This new material, I've never taught this before. Genesis chapter number 49. Genesis chapter number 49. And let us look at from verse 9 into 10. What does it say? It says what? Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, um, uh, lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, as an, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up. Verse 10, he says, The scepter shall not depart from what? Judah, nor a what? Lawgiver from between what? His feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Notice, there is a connection between the scepter that, the, that Judah has and the law that Judah gives. Praise God. So he says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, neither a lawgiver from between what? His feet. He's letting you know that the authority to rule and the authority to enact laws was given to Judah. Praise God. Praise God. So what we find out here is that when um, Jacob was blessing his 12 sons, he gave the kingship, the, uh, the office of a king, all right, to Judah. That was why I have always thought many a times, I've looked through some of the series we've done, that Saul was not God's plan, glory to God, for to be the king of Israel. It wasn't the plan to him to be the king of Israel because Saul was from what? The house of what? Benjamin. And Benjamin, prophetically, was not supposed to be king. The reason why God put Saul there was for a temporary, it was for a temporary uh, process. And the major reason was very simple. I don't want to go into all of that, but the major reason was very simple. And it was because according to the law, all right, according to the law, all right, of um, Moses, the inheritance 
all right, was not going to be given to uh, a bastard until the tenth generation of that bastard. All right, it's called the law of the bastard. Now, who was the bastard? All right, being spoken about, you understand? Who was the bastard being spoken? About? How many of you remember that Judah slept with a particular lady called Tamar? How many of you remember that Tamar was the uh, what do you call it? The wife of his first son, but the first son died okay before time then he gave that woman to the second son so that the second son unan will raise up a descendant all right um for the first son his second son said no i don't want to raise up any because what that meant was any child unan was going to have by um tamar would be his brother's son that is how it revealed according to inheritance laws so he said no and the bible makes us understand that that, that that guy also died so when judah noticed that two sons have died he said ah don't let us give the third son to her because it may be that something is following her that is causing the children to die so one day judah went to share sheep all right and the daughter-in-law heard about it and noticed that the third son had grown up and was not given to her. So what did she do? She went and disguised herself as a prostitute. And when she had disguised herself as a prostitute, Judah found the prostitute and slept with her. Then she got pregnant through Judah. All right. According to law of Moses, anyone that you get, um, you know, that is a bastard. That means that child, all right, was not conceived through, all right, a marital union. Are you following what I'm saying? So according to that law, that bastard could not come into inheritance and did not have the rights of his son until the 10th generation. So it took 10 generations, all right, till Judah could take that rightful place of being what? Of being what? Of being king. And that terminated in David. So it was until David, okay, that Judah could take his rightful place. Praise God. Now, so the scepter is speaking of authority. What kind of authority? Kingly authority. Glory to God. Kingly authority. Look at Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. Numbers 24, 17. Kingly authority. And we will define authority in a moment, and you will notice that, and you find that as a Christian, you have authority. You are not just a civilian. Hey, <laughs> glory to God. Numbers 24 and 17. Let's look at what it says quickly. He says here, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Seth. Are you seeing that? He says, and Adam shall be a possession. Seth also shall be a possession for his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. Can you see that? So he says, a scepter shall arise out of Israel. Scepter is talking about an authority figure. Scepter is talking about a king. Praise God. I mean, if you get that. Come on, if you get that now. All right, Septa is talking about an authority figure. Septa is talking about a king. All right, another example is in the book of Esther, chapter number four. Esther, chapter number four, and verse 10 into 11. It says, And again, Esther spake unto attack and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know, pay attention now, that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to be put to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. What is he saying? What is she saying? She's saying that the king has a scepter. The scepter is his staff of office. Hallelujah. All right. That staff of office is what, um, you know, in Yoruba parlance, we call it uh, right? Right? You know, how I many of you know those kings that carry stuff like a, uh, a stick like that? That's a symbol of their office. All right. That's what she's talking about. Now, in according to the law of Medes and Persia, you couldn't just approach and come to the king anytime. If you came into the king and you were not sanctioned to approach glory to god you were killed are you following now notice the bible lets us understand that um the 
um, 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 the Old Testament is a book of typologies, all right? It was a shadow of things to come. So there is a typology in the story of Esther. Because they tell us that if, if the king delights in you when you approach, praise God, all right? He, all right, what did she, what did she say the king did with the scepter? Let's read it again. Praise God. All right, what does he say? Quickly, let's read again. He says what? And he shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. Which means the golden scepter, which is the symbol of the authority of the king, all right, had the capacity to make a man live and had the capacity to make a man die. Praise God. So that means the golden scepter could make a man live in the presence of a king. Hallelujah. And could make a man die from the presence of the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the golden scepter therefore speaks to the authority to cause a man to live before the king. Glory to God. All these are typologies. So authority and scepter means the same thing. So when we are saying the scepter of the king, we are talking about the authority of a king. Look at Ezekiel chapter 19 and verse 11. We are just laying a foundation here because this is a month-long series. And we are going to be doing a lot of praying. And we are going to start the praying from today. I will teach you how to pray. Listen, there is the prayer of supplication. There is the prayer of faith. Then there is the prayer of exercise of authority. Where you are just exercising authority. Using authority against. Hallelujah. There is that one. Where you are using authority against contrary circumstances and situations. When the storm rages, it is not God that will quiet the storm. It is you that will use your authority to quiet the storm. Are you following what I'm saying? You are the one that will use it. Because God has given you that authority. Well, let us take it um, one step at a time. Now, look at Ezekiel chapter 19 and verse 11. Are you there? Ezekiel 19, 11. Can we read? What does he say? Now, he said, and she has strong rods for the scepters of them that do what? Of them that what? So that means the scepters purpose, the significance of the scepters is to what? Bear what? Rule. Dominion. Rulership. Governance. Them that bear rule. And her stature was exalted among the thick branches. And she appeared in, the, in her height with the multitude of her branches. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground. And the east wind dried up her fruit. Her strong gods were broken and with that the fire consumed them. And now she is what? She is, plant, she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and testy ground, and a fire has gone out of the out of a rod of her branches, which are devoured her food, so that she had no strong rock to be a scepter to rule. So you can see that the scepter is used to speak of rulership and authority. Look at Amos chapter 1, verse 5. Amos 1 and 5. Look at what it says. It says, I will break also the bar of Damascus. And cut off the inhabitants from the plain of Eden, and him that ordered the scepter from the house of Eden, and the people of Syria shall go into captivity on the Christ said the Lord. So that means he that ordered the scepter from the house of Eden is the person that has authority in the house of Eden. Are you following the gist so far? Are you following it so far? All right, all right. We're just doing that for you to get the you know the sequence. Now in Hebrews chapter one verse seven and eight. It now talks about the scepter of righteousness. We've looked at different scepters, different authorities used to refer to different kings. We've seen, all right, the scepter shall not um, depart from Judah, neither a law giver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Now, we are now seeing this Shiloh that has come, all right, to whom the scepter of righteousness was handed over to. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. Or let's start from Hebrews 1, 7. Then we read into 8. Now, look what it says quickly. In verse 7, he says what? And, the, and of the angels, he said, Who maketh his angel spirits, and his minister a what? A flame of fire. Everybody read verse 8 like a mass choir. I want to go. But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and what? A scepter of what? Righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Hold on. Now, when he says a scepter of righteousness, is a scepter of, of thy kingdom. We say scepter symbolically speak of what? Of what? Rulership of what? Authority. So when he says the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom, he's saying the authority of righteousness is the authority of your kingdom. Which means the rulership of Jesus is via what? Righteousness. Are you following? Are you following? It's via what? 
righteousness. If you look at Romans chapter 14, verse 17, you will see it says righteousness, peace. Look at it. Romans 14 and 17, it says what? It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness. And what? Peace. And joy we are in the Holy Ghost. Which means, when he says the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of righteousness, he is saying the reign and the rulership and the dominion of Jesus, the Son of God, is a dominion of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. This means that the authority of Jesus is to make men righteous. The dominion of Jesus is exerted in making men righteous. Just as the scepter of Ahasuerus was able to make men live before him. Are you following? The authority of Jesus is able to make men live before him. Look at Ephesians 2. Quickly. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Look how it says. And you at he what? You at he what? That what quickened is made alive. Zoe Poyo. It means to make alive. You at he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Say aloud. I was dead. But now I'm alive. Louder. I was dead. But now I'm alive. You were dead in sin. But you are alive to God. Say that I'm a son of God. Now and forever hallelujah that's who we are he said and you had he quickened notice who were dead we are no longer dead there is nobody that can come in contact with the scepter of righteousness and stay dead the scepter of righteousness of jesus is that authority that scepter that once he touches a man with it hallelujah that man is translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light that man is translated from the kingdom of sin to the kingdom of what? Righteousness. And you are he quickened who were dead in trespasses and what? And sins. He says, wherein in time past ye walked past tense according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, everybody say, but God. Hallelujah. God intervenes. Jesus Christ is the supernatural intervention of God into our what? Our wayward self. Some of you were in the club, always going to the club. We're going to the club tonight, going to the club tonight. Some of you may have been robbers carrying guns and stealing from folks, and you were going, then Jesus interrupted you. He is a supernatural intervention. He changes your life. He changes your story. When you abode in darkness all your life, Jesus comes, interrupts, drags you out of darkness, drags you out of the domain of the prince of the power of the air, and says, no, you belong to me. Someone say hallelujah. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. He says, and we are by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He says this in past tense, meaning that the moment you believed in Jesus, you are no longer who you used to be. He said, among whom also we all had. We all had. Say this with me. I agree with the word of God. Many times when you continue your sins, it's because you have forgotten that you have been washed from your sins. You are not who you used to be. He said, among all, also, we all had our conversations in Typhus, in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And while by nature, the children of wrath and others. But God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy, for his great love when he loved us. He says, even when we were dead in sins, as what? Quickened us together with Christ. Remember I told you, your identity is drawn from Jesus. Amen. Which means that for you to understand who you really are, you look at Jesus. So when Jesus was on the cross, we were on the cross with him. Galatians 2.20 For I am crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not lie. And yet not I. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and what? 
gave himself for me. So when he was on the cross, I was on the cross. See that when he was on the cross? I was on the cross. Hallelujah. So when he died, I died. He says in Romans 6, 6, Knowing this, that your old man has been what? Crucified with him. That the body of sin is what? Done away with. He said, he that is dead is what? Freed from sin. So when Jesus died on the cross, I died with him. Are you following? So that means when he died as a penalty for my sin, when he died, I died. So when he paid, I paid in him. So nobody can come to me and say, where is your payment for sin? Hey, glory to God. Because when Jesus paid, I paid. So in the presence of God, when, oh, he said, oh, he paid, he has paid. Praise God. Because when Jesus paid, I paid. Then knowing this, that your old man has been crucified with him, that the body of sin is done away with, that henceforth we should not what serve sin. So when he was buried, I was buried with him. When he rose from the dead, I rose from the dead with him. Hallelujah. When Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, I sat down at the right hand of the Father in him, with him. So the authority Jesus has, I have. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. So I don't pray like the man under heaven. I pray like the man sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. I don't pray as though I'm contending, all right, with the devil at the same level. No, sir. I pray as one who is sitting far above principalities and powers. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I said, glory to God. Amen. Amen. You're praying as someone who is seated far above principalities and powers. No witch can touch you. Bishop Oedeko used to say, I, I, loved, I, loved I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. You know, I listened to that testimony. I really loved it. He said, that one time they were having a program. Then they came to give a testimony. A guy came to give a testimony. And he said that he was a wizard. And he always liked to test men of God. I've had a few of those in my own lifetime too. You know, you have people like that. When they see you as a preacher, they always attack folks who flow in supernatural. Try to test how much of you know power that they have. It's very normal stuff. You understand? It's normal. People will try it. And it's good. I, I like it. I welcome it. It's, it's fun. Praise the Lord. It's fun. Because if you have the power of God and you don't have opportunity to use it. Now, I'm not saying that anyone that tries it against me may live to tell the story. Because, you know, everything is different. Glory to God. Some might live to tell the story. Some might not. It depends on how the angels of the Lord that walk with me want to, you know, they want to run it. Praise God. <laughs> Even how they want to run, they want to run them. You understand? Praise God. You understand? So, so this guy was there. So, so he went on astral projection and he was looking for Bishop to fire him in the spirit. But he was saying that, but when he went up in the spirit trying to attack him, that he couldn't find him. That he looked for him, he couldn't find him. He was trying to fire Harrow. He couldn't find him. Then, after the guy told his testimony, he was saying he, has, he had given his life to Christ because he saw that, that has, it has never happened. You understand? That it has never happened. That he now came to my Jesus Christ, superpower. And then Bishop now came, took the mic, and said, How can he find me? I am seated with Christ. Far above. Hallelujah. The devil doesn't have a ticket to where I sit. Tell the devil doesn't have a ticket. So where I sit, I'm seated far above. Now, let me tell you something. You need to start talking this way. Because in the realm of the spirit, it is words that command power. Words. Words. Your words locate you. The Bible says death and life are in the authority of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's your words that locate you. Don't talk anyhow. Don't talk like a slave when you have been made a son. You talk the word. You talk and align with what the word of God has said about you. Say that I'm seated. Louder, I'm seated. Far above. Principalities. Powers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Touch your body like this and say, No witchcraft power can walk in this body. Louder. No witchcraft power can walk in this body. The life of Jesus flows through this body. Flows through this body. Flows through this body. I bear on this body the mark of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You talk like that. Glory to God. Glory to God. The great man of God, Apostle Babalola. You know, I loved how he did his ministry. He said, Apostle Babalola, you know, <laughs> was used by the Lord mightily. And if you study church history, you're going to find out that the church in Nigeria had different shifts. Okay? Different shifts. The major, the first major apostle that we find in Nigeria that God used mightily, major apostle in supernatural works with apostolic mantle was Apostle Ayo Babalola. Shortly after Apostle Babalola died in 59, in the 1960s, in 1960, Archbishop Benson Idauza got born again. So you could see a transfer of the baton. So you now have Archbishop Benson Idauza carry that apostolic mantle, getting people saved all around the country, West Africa and Europe. So where Apostle Babalola did not reach, Benson Idauza reached. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, Apostle Babala raised a lot of sons and daughters, but most of them operated during the armies of CAC. All right? And, you know, um, there was, you know, they said, we have God does these things. But we now have Archbishop Benson. Archbishop Benson raised many of the men of God we have today. Bishop Oyedefo, Pastor Kwiso Yakilome, Korode Kemaya, all those who are Apostle John Suleiman, all around, they were men and women fed into ministry by Archbishop Benson. Praise God. But Apostle Babala used to, when he wanted to hold crusades, he would go to a crusade and he go to a crusade in the southwest part. Most of the southwest then, all right, were sold into idolatry. Sold into idolatry. There were churches, you know, there are different, there are, you know, churches are diff of different kinds. You can have church where the pastor is a member of the Ogoni, you understand, or fraternity. He's a pastor, he's a bishop, he's wearing priest. Amazing grace, but under the cassock, he has something around his waist. Praise God. So there are different kinds of churches. Glory to God. So this one of God went there, then he went to a particular city that was really under the influence of witchcraft powers. So he summoned the witches and stood by a tree that everybody called sacred in the city. And he said, I'm giving you 24 hours to kill me. That you should do everything that you want to do to kill me. Because he was doing that Elijah, this thing of confrontation of power. These were people that understood authority. Hallelujah. And if you understand authority, my brothers, there is no limit to what you can achieve on this earth. And they tried, did everything, all of that, you know. You know that in those times, people didn't used to hide that they were witch. It's now they hide. Then they will tell you, I'm a witch. Do you understand? They will tell you. And they did all of this and they couldn't kill the man. So the man came and just took his bell. You know, CAC and their bell. And the man began to ring the bell and said, If I'm truly sent by God, I command fire to come from heaven and destroy this tree. Brethren, the fire of God came down and destroyed the tree. Most of those witches came, came born again and became choristers in the church. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. I hope you know that when you are talking to a witch, it's not, it's not Greek or Hebrew you'll be speaking to a witch. It's power. Hallelujah. Everybody say power. Oh, we, we are talking. Power. Oh, that's what you are going to demonstrate there. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. So, amen. Authority. Your authority to make dead men, dead men live. That's the scepter of righteousness. That's what Jesus has. The authority of righteousness. Now, why, was, why is the authority, Jesus have the authority of righteousness, and why is that important to us? Because man, before Christ, was dead in sins. The Bible says that we were in darkness. We were in sins. Look at Ephesians 2, 1 to 5. We've read that. Praise God. Look at Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 6 into 8. 
Ephesians 5 and verse 6 into 8. What does he say? He said, let no man what? Deceive you because of these things. All right, go ahead. He says what? Uh-huh. Now, notice, he says, be not ye therefore partakers with them. He says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye what? Light in the Lord. You were sometimes darkness. Hallelujah. So that's who we were before Jesus. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Before Jesus, we were under the authority of sin and death. Romans 5.12 says, For by one man sin entered into the world, and what? Death by sin. Glory to God. For by one man, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. So that means death had authority over us before Jesus. Death had authority over us before Jesus. Now listen. You know now, if any man dies now in Christ, in fact, the Bible doesn't call death death when a man dies when a believer dies the bible says when he sleeps do you know why it says when he sleeps because if a man who is born again dies what actually happens is that though his body you can see his body here his spirit goes to be with god his spirit goes to heaven hallelujah so while people are crying on the earth oh, 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 oh. Bobo is bawling glory to god that's why paul says stop crying and acting like unbelievers when people die Glory to God. Because he goes on to tell you, he says, to be present, all right, to be absent from the body is to be present where? With the Lord. And I can tell you something, if, if I'm with the Lord, I'm cool. Glory to God. Now, I, you know, we, we have to feel for people, because me also, when I lost my sister, all right, I, I cried. I, I was sad. But you know my joy, I'm going to see her again. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm going to see her again. Glory to God. I'm going to say that again. I know the kind of play we play those times. You know, it's not playing, playing on the ground. We can fly in the air. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. We can walk through walls. Glory to God. We can just disappear from heaven and appear in one planet. You understand? We can move. Are you following what I'm saying? Ah, dear God, don't miss rapture. It may remain rapturable. And by remain rapturable, I'm saying believe, believe on the Lord Jesus for your forgiveness of sins. That's how to remain rapturable. Glory to God. Because we're going to have a ball. I don't understand why anybody will want to miss what Jesus has to offer. There is no sense in it. Glory to God. No sense in it. I mean, Jesus said, if you believe on me, you have eternal life. Life forever. You have, you become the temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives on your inside. You become the address of God. What, what, what's the, what is better than that? Amen. Then your body, even you die, the Bible makes us understand that God is going to restore your body back to you. You're going to come with a new body. Glory to God. Amen. An immortal body. A body that will never die. All of that is in Christ. Glory to God. It's in Christ. So death is totally destroyed in Christ. Death is not just defeated. It shall be destroyed in Christ. Hallelujah. So, why we need righteousness, the gift of righteousness, or the authority of righteousness that Jesus has, is because we were lost in sin. We were lost in darkness. And by the scepter of righteousness of Jesus Christ, men are restored into fellowship with God. Not only that, that restoration of fellowship to God, hallelujah, would only happen or happens because Jesus has redeemed us from the authority of darkness. Look at Colossians chapter 1. And verse 12, that voice that keeps making claim on you, saying that because you came from a particular family and because of certain covenants that have been entered into by your ancestors that they have authority over you, hear me and hear me very well. By virtue of redemption, hallelujah. I said by virtue of redemption, you have escaped. Glory to God. Out of the authority of darkness. Out of the authority of devils. Glory to God. Hmm? Glory. 
Glory to God. I said glory to God. Colossians chapter 1. Now when we teach like this, we do not deny the activities of devils. We don't deny the activities of evil spirits. We don't. But you see, we understand what devils do. We understand what evil spirits do. And with the authority in the name of Jesus, we expel them. Hallelujah. Ah, we have seen quite a lot. You know, we've seen quite a lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. You see some challenges that are generational. Passed from father to daughter to father to son. Or great grandfather and it's going like that. Hey! In the name of Jesus, in Christ, you put an end to all that rubbish. Hallelujah. For the Bible says, ye are of God, little children. Say this with me. I am of God. I have overcome them. Say, I have overcome them. I have overcome them. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Again, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Say, I've got the greater one inside me. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6.12. Okay, Colossians 1.12. Let's look at that quickly. Is anyone having a good time? If you are, give the Lord a loud shout. Glory to God. Colossians 1.12, look at what it says. It says what? Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us what? Meet. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints we are in light. 13, everybody read loud, loud, loud. It says what? Who had delivered us? Hold on. Did he say who is delivering us? He said who had past tense. Who had delivered us? From the power of darkness. Say that I have been delivered. From the power of darkness. The power of darkness. The kingdom of darkness. Has no authority. Over me. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. And have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Most of the time. When the devil wants to bring affliction against people. He will want to point to a sin. He will want to point to something wrong. You will roar out and say. I have received forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Glory to God. I am forgiven of my sins. Therefore, Satan, you have no authority to touch me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't, is there an area where the devil is playing 10 10 and playing games in your life? You rise up in faith this morning and you drive him out. Out. Rise up in boldness. You rise up in faith. You drive him out. The Bible says, all right, it says, resist the devil. And he will what? He will flee from you. Resist him. Resist. It's not allow the devil. No. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. The believer has a responsibility to resist. Whatever you do not resist, you have given permission to remain. Did you hear what I said? Whatever you do not resist, steadfastly in faith, you have given permission to remain. Hallelujah. That pain in your body, if you don't resist it in faith, you are giving it permission to remain. That lack in your home, money is never enough. If you don't resist it, you are giving it permission to remain. Hallelujah. That negative pattern that consistently has bedeviled, bedeviled the family. If you don't resist it, you have given it permission to remain. You resist it in faith. You start praying. Every evil spirit. If it's Yoruba, you speak. You say, Don't You say, get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! I refuse you permission to stay in this house. I refuse you permission to stay in this family. In the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? 
You say, if there be any amulet, if there be any charm, if there be any witch, if there be any wizard, any communication, every pronouncement against this family, I command it cancelled. I command you out! You have authority. And your authority is greater than the authority of any witch. It's greater than the authority of any grandmaster in any lodge. Because you have the authority of Jesus. There is no height they can fly that can reach the height you have attained in Christ. So you resist steadfastly in faith. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. Glory to God. The fire at you, you fire back. Glory to God. Amen. There are times when I do nice prayers, you know, stuff like that. But if you come at me, I will come at you. I don't like defense. I also do attack. Are you following? If someone comes to my house and appears there spiritually, I will come to your own house too. And I will appear spiritually. No, I'm not joking. No. Ah, we can do that by the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? Do you know what this thing is? We are senior boys in this thing. Oh. Glory to God. We have the Holy Ghost. I told them in through the church. I said the Holy Ghost is our Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. We are everywhere. Everywhere. We can be here and there and there and every, you understand? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. That's why we take child of God, leave him alone. Are you following? Because if you touch him, that devil, you see, you know there are wells that have depth. The well of a Christian, there is no depth to. Glory to God. So, so just leave him. So some the, the, the wiser devils they say leave him alone. The moment they hear him talking, leave him alone. No, leave him alone. No. When he's going so cold you understand? Leave him alone because from experience, glory to God. Look at him and say from experience. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are not powerless. Stop running from pillar to post. Stop going from DB and say look into my matter. No, you don't need it. Hallelujah. The Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. There is something inside of you. There is a power inside of you. Glory to God. There's an ability inside of you. And that ability is in you because of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Now, the Bible says we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Into the kingdom of his dear son. Alright? Now, very clearly from scriptures, we know that we have authority. I'm going to round up because we are going to pray. We have authority in the name of Jesus. And Jesus gave us that authority. Look at St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Glory to God. <laughs> and there was a time, you know, Benson Daosa died at the age of 57. And because he died at that age, some people were carrying a rumor that witches killed him. Do you understand? No. The man, according to what they said, they said the man, <laughs> you know, if you must continue, if you're going to be handed the baton to continue the race some people have started, you need to be familiar with their stories. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? Now, for David to continue in the supernatural, David read the stories of Moses and read the stories of Abraham. That was why they could call on to God to do the same miracles that he did in time past. Are you following? So you need to be familiar with the stories. So I mean, I had Bishop Benson. All right, he said, <laughs> he came back from a crusade abroad, three weeks. You know, Archbishop um, Margaret was one time, sorry. And the man sat down in the parlor. They were having dinner. And the man spoke. I'm ready to go to heaven. Who wants to go with me? He said, I'm ready to go to heaven. Who wants to go with me? He said, eh? Heaven? No. So everybody just, ah, we don't know what daddy is talking about. So everybody kept quiet. Then the man now went. Went to a part of his living room. He called the person in was in charge of their, what do you call it? Their Bible school. And gave him instructions, one, two, three instructions, and stuff like that. Then he now said three times, 
Lord Jesus, I'm ready. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he checked out. Just like that. Pew. Just went. And why the story, um, many of the uh, uh, Archbishop Duncan Williams, if you know Duncan Williams of Action Chapel, you see, authority. You must understand authority. He said, and when you come to that acknowledgement of what you have in Christ, ah, the way you talk will change. Some of us talk like beggars too much. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just hope, I just wish, you understand, that things will go my way. Which king do you hear that talks like that? I wish it goes my way. You see, I, I don't know. We are at the mercy of these people in this country. Um, um, poverty is finishing us. I cannot succeed in this country. I have to jackpot to succeed. You'll be talking and yeah, I'll be talking wrong, wrong. You understand that you say in Yoruba? You wrong, wrong talk. You know, um, you know. Hallelujah. You know. Can I, uh, uh, Archbishop, in 1979, Duncan Williams got born again in 1976. And he went to, and he came, Dr. Wanda is a Ghanaian. He came to Nigeria. He came to, what do you call it? Um, Benin. And came to Archbishop's school. The Bible school. So he went and he was in Bible school for about three years. So when he was going back to Ghana in 1979, he went to Ghana to start his church, Action Chapel. So as a young man going back to start the church, you understand? You know normally when you start a church, you don't start a church and go on television. Right? So, Archbishop Benson in Daosa, Archbishop Benson in Daosa gave, wrote a letter to the young man. He said, You take it and give it to the president of Ghana. Take it, give it to the president of Ghana. He said, the, I said My name is Archbishop Benson in Daosa. This is my son, Duncan Williams. I want you to give him slots on the National board, you know, like NTA, they were the only one. They were no private, you know. Said, give him slot on this thing and have him so that he can preach the gospel. Then he said, when he went there, all right, you know, got there. Then the president said, who is he, Daosa? Get out. Then that one went back to Archbishop. And if you know Archbishop, the way Archbishop talk, even me, I defy him. I'm telling you, because there are some men of God that around them, I don't talk anyhow. I'm just like this. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, uh, you understand? Because uh, you don't you understand, I don't want to touch them the wrong way because uh, their words are very heavy. <laughs> I'm careful about my God. My own pastor, too. I'm very careful around him. Though we have we have you know we are more friendly and us, but I don't take his words, you know, for granted. Because if you understand the anointing, you understand what I'm saying. So the guy came back and gave Archbishop, told that Archbishop said, he said the man said, Who is Idaosa? He said Idaosa said there. Today I remove him. What kind of person talked like that? There was no prayer of supplication. Oh God, touch his heart. No. That I remove him. Glory to God. Months later, there was a coup. They removed him. Jerry Rollins came to power. Hallelujah. Then he wrote another letter to Jerry Rollins. The guy, uh, uh, <laughs> Dr. Williams, took the letter to Jerry Rollins. Said, Amidaosa, my son, blah, 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 give him slots to preach on television. Rollins heard about what had happened before. Said, no problem, my son. <laughs> and that is how Duncan Williams became the first person in Ghana to preach the gospel on television, just as Archbishop Benson Idaosa was the first Pentecostal preacher to be on TV. Everybody say authority. Stop begging. Start issuing decrees. You are begging too much. Angels don't respond to begs. You are begging. <laughs> what is what is that? What are you what what are you what are you doing? Jaw care. What you don't use jaw for God because jaw implies that he doesn't want to do it. Are you following? You use please for someone that doesn't want to do something. Then you are trying to convince him to do it. That means to be begging God means you don't understand him. Your words reveal your revelation. Your prayer reveals your revelation. You must get to the point where your prayer is about discussing with God about issues. 
Not once. When your prayer is about, you are talking to God about what he wants to do in Nigeria and his plan. So you will sit down in the council of heaven and begin to discuss what the plans are. Are you following? And what your role is. When it comes to your needs and this, you issue decrees. Hallelujah. Say out loud with me. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Say it again. Where the word of a king is, there is power. You should get to your house and you go to the kitchen. Food has been scarce. You will say, I forbid it from today. Food is no longer scarce in this house. Glory to God. From today. Hallelujah. You need a new job? You say, from today, I do not lack opportunities. From today, in the name of Jesus, I do not lack opportunities again. Glory to God. Talk like that. Talk like that. You have a business. Sales are not moving. How much did you sell last week? You sold 10. You now say, I want to do 100. Glory to God. You now write, in the mighty name of Jesus, I release power to cause 100 sales to happen this week. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how you do it. As you talk like that, you will now begin to find out that where you were not having favor before, you will start having favor. When they mention your name and nobody is paying attention, now they will mention you. They will say, oh, no, we, I like that guy. Ah, I like that mama. I want, let, I want to help that mama. You understand? People that have forgotten you now begin to remember. You now begin, oh, what's going on now? What it, listen, it is how the realm of the spirit works. I ran up with this. What did I say, Shofu? Look what? Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, praise God. When I wanted to get married, I married with a jeep. One jeep, like, you know, there are different types of jeep. <laughs> so when I say jeep, don't start beginning to think, ah, <laughs> jeep, polish, polish. Was a Nissan Pathfinder 2003 model, aka the Gosla. <laughs> the Gosla means that it, it, it drinks well. Glory to God. Was, you understand? Things well. That's 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 uh, the kind of thing. So got married with it. Also, a school. AC was working in your school. That's fine. Well, it was a gospel, right? So then we moved into one house like that, and everything was good because I I, I just sold my business. You know, I was in full time ministry then. Then we didn't like that house again. It was terrible. All right. Then we now said that we wanted to move away from the house. You know, and all. But the kind of house we wanted to move to. The money was, you know, a bit. It, I think it was. Total package was 900,000 naira then. 900k. Ha! Ah, it looked because 600,000 for the house, agreement and commission and all of that. You know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. And I want to get out of the house. My wife was just pregnant with our son then. She just got him pregnant with our son then. I said, I'm getting out of this house. So, we sold the Gosla for 600,000. Give the land of 600,000, then promising we'll balance the 300,000, you know, so the money came and all. So during that period, all right, I now spoken to the Lord that I wanted to go back to work, like work in the corporate setup. And I didn't know anybody. I've been doing full time. Didn't know anybody. You understand? So I knew I needed to arrange my path with prayer. I'm not feeling what I'm saying. See, as you attend this church, I will show you, you can arrange your path with prayer. There is a way. I'm not telling you peace by moonlight. I'm telling you, like, you get. You can arrange it. Don't arrange it. I didn't do anybody. You know what the Lord did? The Lord, first of all, told because my wife was pregnant. And I, I said, and I said, I'd confessed it severally. I said, I'm not bringing a child into this world without a car. My child is not going to be entering. Do you understand? I said, ah, it's my, it's my faith. Glory to God. I said, I said, it will not happen. It will not happen. That's my faith. So I said, okay, I want to go, for, go to work. So the Lord said, you are going to, this is the company you are going to work in. He told me the company. Then I was praying in tongues. I took like two weeks to pray in the spirit. Because after you have made declarations, you need the leading of the spirit to know where to go. Are you following? So I was praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Praying. So the Lord said, now apply to the company now. Apply. I didn't know the email. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know the email. 
So I had to Google them and check for their email. There was one email that popped up. Sent my email to them. The way God arranged it, glory to God, they needed someone because somebody quit some days ago. And the MD had already told them that, you know, get somebody else. They got me. I came for the interview. And when they were interviewing me, they found out I was more qualified that they couldn't put me in that role. Because I was more... Are you following? And before I I got the job. And as I got the job, some months later, you know, we just continued like that, continued like that. It was now some months later, six months later, it was now around the time, all right, I got money enough to buy the car. I got the car on the 27th of April. My wife gave birth to our son on the 28th of April. Yeah, 28th. We used the car to take my wife to the hospital. We had not yet registered the car. There was no plate number. This, let me even explain to you. The, I took the car home April 27th, parked it at around 10.30 p.m. My, the baby started kicking. And it's time to go 5 a.m. the very next morning. By 7 something, baby had come. Next day, which was on a Monday, we went home in the car. Glory to God. Everybody say authority. Ah, that's what happened. Authority. After some time, myself and my wife looked at our income. We said we want our income to go to a particular level. The job that the Lord provided that one couldn't anymore, you know, it was no longer the promised land. Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So we knew we needed another one. So we wrote it on our vision board. We have a vision board on our wardrobe. She writes it there. We are doing this. We are doing this. We are doing this. That house that I sold car for to get into, you understand? It was no longer the promised land. So we need to move out. Praise God. The kind of house we wanted, the cost of the house was going to be a lot more. We were, my wife was fed up of the furniture. She said she was not the one that chose it. That was me that chose it. She wanted something else. And I was like, ah, this woman. And I was getting annoyed. Ah, ah. You know, then the Lord said to me, she wants a new house. I said, yes. And she wants us to change the furniture. Yes, that's how me and the Lord talk. We say us. You know, because my problem is his problem. Are you following? Are you following? Look at him and say, make your problem. The Lord's problem. So when you are praying to the Lord, you say, Lord, we have a problem. Do you understand? Pray, talk like that. We have a problem. We, we have a problem. <laughs> you understand? Because when you do that, you are saying, you acknowledge that there cannot be something that concerns you that will not concern him. The Lord is not a robot. He feels what you feel. You think he's happy with the... No! 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 That's not how the Lord is. It's not how it is. So he spoke to me. And the Lord said... As I was complaining, what is it? Why can't we stay here? Then Lord said, What is the problem? She said, I said, Okay. He now said, How much is it? I said, Sorry. There. How much is it? He said, So I said, Why are you complaining? He said, Is it that I can't provide, or what are you saying? Ah. You know when Lord starts asking questions like that, that's a good place to shut up and say, ah, Lord, I'm sorry. I trust you. So what, what are we doing? Then none now told me, yeah, now begin to declare this. I started declaring it. I started declaring it. All of a sudden, the job I do now, everything opens. Hallelujah. Everything arranged itself. Glory to God. The house, we moved. The city, we changed it. In fact, the old one, we gave it out. We just called people. What do you want? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Which one? Do you want? <laughs> take it. Which one? Do you take it. Take, take, take. That's what we did. You arrange it in prayer. Amen. You arrange it in prayer. You will arrange it in prayer. Glory to God. Prayer is not just one that we just do because no, it is power. It is the exercise of authority. Luke 10, 19. Let's just round up there. Hallelujah. Your life 
Don't start thinking you are stuck. There is no hope. I, I don't know where it is. No, no, don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. No, you are not disadvantaged. Say, I am not disadvantaged. I want you to say it like you mean it. I am not disadvantaged. I am not disadvantaged. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I rule. I reign in this earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You learn it. You need not to call for money. You say in the name of the Lord Jesus. We need one billion naira. And we call it forth in Jesus' name. After you call for the money, you need to go and pay attention to the Spirit of God. Because the moment you start making proclamations of faith, the Spirit of God will start speaking to you as to what you should do. Because there are things you need to do that would, you know, the things you need to do. The things you need to do. Rise up on your feet. St. Luke's Gospel 10. Luke 10 and 19. Can we read one to go? What does he say? Nothing shall by what? That means that when we go against demoniacal forces, you know, in Africa, there's a lot of demonic technology. We don't go afraid. Nothing shall by any means. Say that. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we are going to pray. Say this quickly in prayer. You say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I declare that God's hand is mighty upon me. And every manipulation of the devil in my life. And in my family, it ends now in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.